Welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. I'm your host, Jared Christie. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rugged Radios, in-car communication, car-to-car communication, Bluetooth music, whatever your communication needs might be, Rugged is always there to help you out with finding the right product for your machine. Rugged Radios, the authority in communication. Well, I'm super pumped for my guest today because number one, she's in-house We and we don't often have guests in-house. But more importantly, we're going to talk about all the great places that you can ride your off-road vehicle around the country. So please welcome to the show, Paula Weisenbeck, the marketing director from Polaris Adventures. Paula, uh, how are you? Oh, hi. <laughs> I'm good. How about you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. And um, so why don't we get right into it, Paula, because I feel like, you know, spring is around the corner. Summer will be here. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yes. yes I know here in Minnesota, I was just talking this morning that uh, I think we've had snow on the ground for like five months mm-hmm. already. But for the rest of the country, uh, it's going to open up here soon enough. And that means getting outside, planning your maybe your spring break trips, planning your summer vacations. Totally, totally, totally. totally. And obviously, we do a lot of stuff with Polaris Adventures uh, throughout the year. We film, gosh, I don't know, four or five Polaris Adventures locations you know, around the year. And uh, I tell people all the time, it's awesome. It's so... Cool. And so it's great to have you on the on the show today to talk more about Players Adventures, what you guys are, what you guys do, all that sort of fun stuff. Yeah, and I'm jealous of your job. The <laughs> fact that you get to go to all these outfitters. Like when I see the show on TV, I I honestly consider putting my resignation because I'm like that job is so much better than what I get to do because you get to go out and experience so frequently. It is uh it is good. But yours is equally as I good. Mean, mine, I feel I'm not, like I, I'm I'm pretty lucky. I'm not going to lie. But. Yes. Sometimes I, people will ask and uh, I say, well, oftentimes we're, we're really focused on working mm-hmm. that day. And while we get to have fun, we don't get to just cruise around and just go for a ride. And so I imagine when you're going out places, you guys actually just get to do the ride versus like, okay, let's go here. Make sure we get this. Let's do this. Make sure we, and then the day's done. You're like, oh gosh, I really wish we could have done more. <laughs> Totally. And, and when we, so when we get to go out, like when we get to ride for, for example, with outfitters, it's, it is so gratifying because it grounds you in why you do what you do and the job that you have, because what these outfitters are doing and these experiences that they're making, they are, I mean, they are one of a kind and they are, in my mind, I, I do think they're mind blowing. And I'm not just saying this because I work for Polaris Adventures, but Even like the first time I rode, I mean, I was riding up the side of the Rocky Mountains in a razor looking over the crest into valleys. And I sent a picture to my husband. I'm like, this is this is my job. My job is to go out here. And like he he texted me back. He's like, well, I hate you. But um, yeah, no, it is. It's our, our job. And it is so gratifying to be able to go out there and experience what these outfitters put together and, you know, how they help people to get further into the outdoors. It's it's amazing. It's it's so funny because last summer I was at a barbecue and uh, someone was saying, we were talking about travel, which often is the case when I sit down and talk with people, whether they find out where I do, what I do, things like that. And they said, oh, we're going to Colorado this summer. And uh, look at Brandon, our podcast engineer, looks up at me and he goes, aren't you from Colorado? He's nodding his head. Yes. So uh, he... He says, oh, we're doing a family trip out there. And I'm like, oh, where are you going? And they mentioned this place. I'm like, oh, you got to go head to Uray and Silverton. And uh, they're like, oh, the, and it's like, and if you have time, you should do this 
uh, ride. And uh, I happened to bump into the guy at school. Our kids were doing a, a school tour. And he goes, hey, thanks for the tip. And this was months later. I'm like, what, 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 are, you talk- <laughs> what are you talking about? The some drop-off lane? Yeah, some, or- stock off, some stock tip. Uh, what kind of tip? And uh, he goes, no, we went on that ride in Silverton that you mentioned. He goes, that was the best thing as a family almost we've ever done. He goes, yeah. it was amazing. He goes, you were talking it up and you, we looked at it and we decided to do it. And he goes, I thank you. Like, yeah. It was just unbelievable. And we've talked about it on the show before that Silverton ride with the Alpine loop and it's the that 90 Silverton mile loop is... and 10,000 feet the whole time is, is one of the most epic rides you could ever do off-road vehicle. Well, and, and then on top of that, I mean, the, the vistas that you see are amazing, but Silverton, part of that ride, the very beginning of that ride actually is you go through an, an abandoned cult, like a miner's town. And so you can go and you can explore and you can walk into the homes and where like the general store used to be. And, and Silverton, actually, they just moved where their front office is. And it's the oldest building in that area. So they actually had to like dig it out and they moved like years and years of trash. But it was like this old miner's depot. Um, so th- there's so many layers you can take away from these adventures. I mean, obviously, like the views, I mean, what your, your friends had were, were amazing. But then there's these other little pockets of things that you wouldn't be able to find otherwise. Like who gets to go and explore an abandoned mining town? And that's not something you can walk to or you can hike to. So you really do need the vehicles to get there. But once you're there, what you can do, what you can do with your time. And like, yeah, you just don't have that opportunity. So, I mean, that was a great tip to give your friend to go to Silverton. I mean, I you can give my family tips anytime if that's what you're... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think what I've learned uh, through doing these Polaris Adventures things is uh, even if one day I'm not doing the show anymore, Polaris Adventures is, is still going to be around. And I'm still going to use that as a resource for when my family goes somewhere to go on vacation or go, or go do something. We were just talking about going to Colorado maybe next summer. And as I sit here with you, I was like, oh, maybe we should make that drive over there. Because I've talked about it so many times that we should actually go, go do it. Maybe go do it. <laughs> yeah. So go do it. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Light goes off. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I mean, and really, and the few people, we've had another coworker, uh, Pete, one of our photographers, he went up to northern Minnesota and he took his family on a Polaris Adventures thing. And it just really, um, it, for those folks who haven't done it and think like, oh, I want to just go do something and have some sort of adventure with the family. It's really the like super slick, easy way to go do something for the day that you may have no experience in whatsoever. That's, that's exactly the point. I mean, man, you're just like, you're just like laying up all these amazing points about I, uh, the program. Once again, maybe I'll get a job there one day. <laughs> once again, wow, why do I, why do I get paid to do this? Right. You could do this. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the design of, of the program overall and all of the outfitters where they're situated, you know, they're within, you know, about, you know, two to three ish hours, let's say from a major city center. I mean, and if you're exploring someplace and looking for something to do, and that's what a lot of the people that ride at adventures are doing. They're like, hey, what's something cool to do in this area? What's something that I can't do anywhere else? Um, and that's that's what these outfitters provide. And it is truly, you you don't need any experience to do it. I mean, candidly, like I'm I'm not a very experienced writer. And every time I've gone and I've written on one of these, I just it feels comfortable because you either have a guide who's showing you what's going on. They give you all the safety gear that you need. They walk you around the vehicle. They introduce you to it. And then you go. And yeah, so you, you do feel comfortable. And I'm, I'm, 
sure at the beginning, you might be a little bit like, oh my gosh, is this actually happening? But then you also realize something about yourself and that you can do this and it's not that intimidating and look at what you were able to accomplish. So there's that piece of it too, which I think is really unique, especially if you're thinking of it as like a family vacation, something you want to do, you know, together with friends, family, whatever it might be. Um, there's that level of it, which isn't anything you would ever realize that you're signing up for, but is a really great benefit. I'm sitting here listening to you and I realize another friend of mine hit me up a couple of years ago and they were in Colorado and they went and did one uh, ride out there and they were like, it was great. It's great. It, it, it's true. Like I, you're saying you, you get, you gain confidence. Yes. Right. Out there uh, on the ride. And even if you had none going into it and you were nervous and you're doing this ride and, and not all of them are at 10,000 feet. We've done yeah, some done in that. Wisconsin, <laughs> the very level. Uh, but uh, yeah, there is a little bit of confidence. Like you get done at the end of the day and I'm sure people have said, I did it. I did it. Absolutely. And I've even seen that on my own team, people saying I do it. And I, I think for power sports in general, that's one of the things that the industry faces is it does seem like a really scary and intimidating sport. Um, I mean, you know, they're big vehicles. They go fast. But that's, if, if you just get out and try it, you can realize that, you know, it's not, it's not that scary. It's with anything. It's anything. It's always scary before you try it. But I've had outfitters tell me, like, some people get in and they, they don't realize it is basically like a car. But their first question is, where's the gas? <laughs> right? Well, well, it, <laughs> it, it, but it's true because metal. they're just sort of like, they're unsure. Right. And they get in and they're like, uh, is this, I just want to make sure before yeah. I step on it and I go this way or that way. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that's the gas. I was like, I yeah. never really thought about that. I was like, some people just don't have, maybe they're from, you know, out of the country. Yeah. You know, and they're used to the steering wheel being on the other side. Yeah. You know, and things like that. Totally. Yeah. And the pedals are situated just like slightly different, but like that would make sense. Like it is. Yeah. If you're not familiar, you're, you're trying to orient. Yes. So let's back up a little bit because I feel like I could sit here all day long and talk about trips. I mean, yeah, right not, but, right? Because like, that's so boring. <laughs> but uh, how do people go about uh, locating Polaris Adventures? How do they go about signing up for a trip? How do they go about choosing the right one, choosing a full day or half day as some people have the option to do that as well? Yeah, totally. So uh, we have a national website, PolarisAdventures.com. Um, and on that site, you can search for basically whatever you're looking for, like where you want to go, what state you want to go to, if you're looking for a guided or unguided ride, um, the length of the ride, what vehicle you're interested in. So you can really sort on any of those criteria. Um, and then from there, you'll get a list of all the adventures that can pop up in that area. And you can book straight online from there. So it's a pretty simple process um, that can all be done online if you want to. I mean, I'm sure you, you could call the local outfitters and you can book that way as well. But um, yeah, try to make it as turnkey as possible. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. That is. And, and for most people, I feel like they go with a full day versus a half day because you can um, see a little more, take a little more time, sort yeah. of take some more pictures, things that, like that. And that's, that's exactly it because it's not just getting from point A to point B. Um, it is, it is the full experience that you have around it. So what a lot of people do, a lot of outfitters do, again, our outfitters, I cannot tell you, I mean, you know this, so like, I really, you should tell, though, I should tell I will you, back you, up 100%. <laughs> you should though, because uh, I'll back you up a hundred percent. The outfitters are great. They're so, they're so nice. Um, they're all so very helpful. They know people, probably a lot of them come in first timers. Mm -hmm. Um, 
or somebody else they knew went one time and so they want to try it out for themselves. They're nervous. You know, they're a little apprehensive. They're, you know, how fast should I go? How slow should I go? Am I worried about hitting something or running into something or, you know, things of that nature? And the outfitters uh, will, you know, they, they get you signed up, obviously, when yeah. you first get there and go through that little process. But then they walk you through sort of um, the steps of where you're going to go. And I think for most of them, I can't speak for all of them, but a lot of them have GPSs. And that's the biggest thing I think for a lot of people is what if I get lost? Yes. Like we will find you. <laughs> yes. Isn't that like from a line in a movie, like last of the Mohicans, like I will find I you. I will find you. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. Yes. I haven't heard of anybody that's gotten um, lost for weeks. Not for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're out there. Then, yeah, no, right. no, nobody's gotten lost for weeks. Yes. But no, but that is, but like those outfitters to that point, they, they are so local to that area and they know that area so well. So when you go and you ride with them, it, it's almost like a point of pride where they want to, they want you to have the best experience possible in their area. So they know the places to stop. They know the places to go that are on the way that if you want to get a burger or something like that, they know the loops, they know, Hey, you know, there's a tree down on this trail. So maybe instead of taking that one, go to the right instead. But that is that, Without the Outfitters, we couldn't do that. Polaris Adventures couldn't do that. Like, it's not like it's this big, you know, it's Polaris, corporate Polaris coming in and operating. No, like these are local Outfitters that we are just lucky enough to have them in our network and represented overall because we couldn't do these experiences without them. No, 100%, 100%. And, and the, the pairing of you guys and them has really gone well, I feel like. Cause, and, and I could speak to this because I feel like I've been around with some of your people since day one. Well, even before day one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Long before that, yes. yeah. And sort of watched it grow from just a little handful of people over at Players to what it is now. And, but you're right. It really, without the, the outfitters and being who they are and being knowledgeable, it isn't like somebody said, okay, we're just going to put people from Minnesota in this part of the country and this part of the country and, and hope it works. Right. These are locals who grew up there who know the area really well, and they're going to send you to the best spots. It isn't like, here's the key. Good luck on finding some good spots. They're going to be like, totally. go to this waterfall, go to this overlook, take this trail to go to here and, and do this. Totally. And one of the things we hear from our outfitters is, you know, they do have repeat riders that come back year over year. And, to me, that's a little bit mind-boggling because just the way that I my DNA goes is I'm looking for the next like dopamine hit. Like, okay, what's new? What's interesting? But the people come back because they're like, you know, there's 5,000 miles of trails here and I only went on this one loop. And when you were talking to me last time, you mentioned there was this really great scenic overpass looking to a valley and I haven't stopped thinking about it and I want to go see it. So you can go, you could go to one outfitter multiple times and never have the same experience so it's it, and again if we didn't have the local outfitters the ones that were operating this way like, we wouldn't be able to provide that how many outfitters do you guys have now we're a little bit over 220 <laughs> i know i know it's kind <laughs> I of think I mind just blowing all over my microphone <laughs> <laughs> you need a napkin it's okay yes no, it, it, it is. It's mind-blowing. And knowing that we started, I mean, Polaris Adventures only started about five years ago. And so starting from just two to three to getting to 220 in that amount of time is, I mean, it's just, it's that hockey chart graph that every business loves to see 
Um, but you know, our, our business again is just finding the right outfitters. And, and with that, the other thing I will say is it's not just any outfitter that can be a player's adventures outfitter, because if we were to do that, I mean, sure, we could have, we could have more than 220, but we're not going to. Because if you're not somebody that's going to provide that type of experience and somebody that's going to, like we do have quality standards that we expect every outfitter to adhere to or achieve, it's it's going to be the best of the best. And we're not going to put the player's name behind it if there's not that quality to back it up. No doubt. No doubt. Now, it's not uh, just off-road anymore. It was off-road to start. But since then, you guys have uh, expanded mm-hmm. into snow. Oh, and motorcycles, motorcycles, slingshots, slingshots. Yeah. And if in some locations, if you're a member, it's both. Interesting. I know. I I literally saw your eyes be like, what? I don't know if it was boats until recently. Recently. Yeah. Boats we've just expanded into in the last year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That that sounded very Minnesotan when we just did that. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm, Was it? Did I sound Minnesotan? You did a little Minnesotan. I think I picked up on it and then went into like, oh, yeah, don't you? I'll fix that next week when I'm in Arizona. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll get my bras out. (laughs) Your what? Bra. Hey, what's up, bra? Oh, not that type. That's not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like this Southern podcast California. just took a turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it always happens at the 20 minute mark. So you've reached that. So <laughs> okay. congratulations. Yes. No, I get my Southern California uh, slide right back into that. It's a bra. Soon enough. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that in. Because I am doing, uh, I, we are doing both next week. Uh, we're in Arizona and we are riding with two different outfitters. And one of them does both slingshot and off road. Yeah. And so we're doing both with that one and then one with the other and both of them are just an hour north of the metro if that in phoenix oh yeah and so you mentioned that some of them being within three hours some of them were within 30 minutes you know you can just zip right out of town and go right arizona's a little more unique than other places but being here from minnesota or other places phoenix is a big spring break location so question have you heard so slingshots, you mentioned slingshots. Yeah. You know what most people call a slingshot? Oh, I feel like a joke is coming. It's not a joke. Okay. It's not a joke. <laughs> so a slingshot walks into a bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> slingshot walks into a bar and everyone leaves because a car is walking or yeah, a vehicle is yeah, walking. Yeah, yeah, yes. um, because slingshot, most people don't know what it is, but if they see it on the road, they're like, oh, what is that? They call it the Batmobile. Yes. Right? Because it looks like the Batmobile. Yes. Um, so we get a lot of street, pe- street cred with like kids. When they see that, they're like, oh, man, I want to ride them around that, ride the Batmobile. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, when Polaris launched, when you've been with Polaris for 14 years, you've had this, like, depth and history of almost every machine they've ever come out with in the last, you know, decade and a half. But when they launched the slingshots, I was, I was like, I got to get, I got to go test drive. And they were doing it south of Minneapolis, and they were doing it at some uh, kind of techie school, but they had a big parking lot. And there were also like everything was sort of contained, but they would take people out on little, little guided rides. And I just didn't have the time, I guess, that day. Or I, they're like, just show up at the end of the day, Jared, we'll let you test drive one. And they're like, and I just took off with one and somebody else, and we just went. You just went. We just went. And we pulled off on like a side road. <laughs> and and I just put Is this the, the real in. story? This is the real story. Okay. Real story. Like, it feels like you're omitting no, no, that, no, like no. the best part of the we story. We pulled off on a frontage road. Yeah. <laughs> it was the only part that I was omitting because I was like, what's that word? And uh, we pulled off on a frontage road and just 
lit it up and was doing like a hundred plus on that frontage Very road fast. and then back onto the street. And they were brand new that day. I yeah. mean, they were like, no one had seen them before. Right. And so people were just gawking at what in the world are you? What is this? Driving? What is this what, thing? Yeah. What is this thing? So we've gotten to drive them a few times and there are certain places where slingshots are phenomenal. Yeah. Like we went to Hawaii Oh, and we rode slingshots for a day and that was amazing that- because you want this open air thing in a place like Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, you can do the road to Hana in a slingshot. That's not great. <laughs> the road to Hana is terrible right, that's what I'm saying. to begin with. Right. But like, if it's going to be terrible, you might as well do it in a slingshot yeah. because at least you look cool. Yeah. Because yeah. they have automatics now, I think. Not everything's a manual, right? Yeah. Because that was the big uh, drawback for a lot of people who didn't know how to drive a stick was they're like, well, I can't do it because I don't. But I think in the last year or yeah. two, they've switched to automatics. But that's a really, I think there's, I don't know how many turns on that road to Hana, but it's, it's enough it's, to make you barf. It, it, sure. it does make you barf, but yeah. like there's no back seat. So you can sit in the front seat and slingshot. You and do, well, you just do it right out. You just, you right out, out because you're open air vehicle. You don't even have to stop. You look so cool doing it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that won't make you look vomit. like a tourist at all, right? Driving a slingshot on the road to Hana and barfing out the side of it. But everyone should do it. Yeah, but everyone, everyone should do should it. Totally everyone do should it. do it. But anywhere there is some windy, curvy, canyon type roads, the slingshot is awesome. It's awesome. For that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, driving in traffic on the 405 in uh, LA, not so great. But take it out in the PCH. Maybe like there, that's, yo. That's, that's pretty about. cool. Yes, yes. Uh, From Malibu all the way up the coast, oh, that wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, there's some other cool things like some of our other outfitters do. Not, man, you've got me going on this and I'm just gonna... Great. Well, what are some of your favorite locations that you have been to I mean, well, we started with Silverton. I mean, right. Silverton is is pretty epic. And then if people get the chance to go out in the Sturgis area, this Black Hills, I, I feel like the Black Hills are, I mean, it's flyover country for sure, but gosh, that area is just impressive. And the riding you can do out there, I mean, there are, I, I, no no joke, I mean, five, six, seven thousand 7,000 miles of trails Um out in that area so you can do that if you want to ride a motorcycle you can do a motorcycle there as well in the winter if you want to go and run sleds so like i i cannot recommend that area enough um that's probably one of my favorite places to go and then in minnesota just because we're you know we're local here uh going up to the north shore to rent snowmobiles uh that's 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 really easy and it's also, you're in a national forest when you're up riding. We were, we were up there earlier this year and it was like, I, I kid you not, it was like a scene out of a movie, right? So it's like you go to, uh, one of the outfits out there actually has a, a lodge and a resort. And like you come in and there's like the hot chocolate stand is there. And they're like, oh, here's your s'mores kit. So like when you come back, you can go to the campfire and put s'mores. And then, you know, you get on the sled and you're going through this national forest. And I kid you not, like, the snow is falling through the pines and you're snowmobiling through this, like over the bridges into the woods. And like, I swear to God, like a bird came and started singing in my ear. I mean, it was like a Disney movie. It was, you can't make this stuff up. And then up. you texted your husband again. And then today. I texted my husband again. And he was like, I still hate you. you. Yes. I love you. Yes. But I still hate you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So those are, I mean, 
just yeah some of those you guys uh sit around at work and say hey we should go to this place one day hey this is a new outfit we 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 should really go out and see what they're all about that's absolutely what we do (laughs) like all day like there's a there's this uh you've been to pause up um which i mean that is a whole nother level and all of us are scheming to find a way to get to pause up we're like oh we need to do a marketing team off-site at pause up like Well, we could do a marketing team offsite in the conference room down the hall. You but. could, you could, but uh, yes, we we so we filmed the whole episode at Pause Up in Montana. It wasn't too long ago. That's last it? fall. Yeah, and that'll be an episode. I know. Thank you, Brandon. I was like, when did we do that? Um, last fall, and it'll air here this spring. And it's a higher end place to go and stay at and talk about a place that caters to you, but uh, um, that had lots of other things to do besides off-road riding it really there was a bazillion things they could could do there you could do a, you could do a whole episode on that one i pretty much did oh yeah yeah <laughs> pretty much did yeah we we mountain biked we fly fished uh, yeah. and we off-road all oh. in the same place so yeah that wasn't so bad yeah so there's one where's another one for you that you were maybe surprised at when you went to that was cooler than you thought it would be because you can always pick any place in the mountains is always going to be great yeah you know here here's one actually i think is is cooler than I thought it would be. And it's bear with me. I'm gonna tell a story. Um that's what the podcast but, <laughs> is all about. <laughs> oh, not the right spot. Yeah. Um, but when you go out to I mean obviously we know that forest fires are becoming more prevalent and a lot of our outfitters unfortunately are impacted by them because they operate in areas that are heavily wooded. And when we were visiting um one of our outfitters again, right on the base of the actually it is the only outfitter that's it's right outside of Rocky, uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. I mean, the, the park interest is about 10 feet away from where they are. And they're in a burn scar. So when you, when you pull up to it, you see this devastation of how this area was just torched by a wildfire that came through. Um, but that was one of the most impressive riding experiences I've had because you could go up into that burn scar. You could immerse yourself with it and it's a different perspective on that as as well as just like this really humbling moment of like thinking about these areas these really natural places and what they provide to us and what we stand to lose if they're not there um and that that's you know the other thing that really touched me about that is again in talking with our outfitters and you know and talking to you know our outfitter there and then you know some of our other outfitters in other parts of the country as well um i mean that's a very real reality for them their livelihoods their community's livelihoods depend on the land and they are massive stewards of the land uh there's such a respect for it but what you don't realize and don't know is so uh, that that burnt scar example the, the way that the firefighters got out there to fight that fire was by riding on the trails that the outfitters maintained. And if not for those trails, and if not for people riding and keeping them clean, the firefighters couldn't have gotten out there to fight the fire. And that's just a whole other level to think about of not only just the, the joy and the fun that you can have from it, but then also how there really is this preservation piece of it as well that help an entire community to continue to have that available you wouldn't think of that like you would not you wouldn't make those 
connect those dots. You you wouldn't. And again, like this gets back to what we were talking about earlier with our outfitters just being so connected into the communities. Um, they do. They connect those dots. And that's why they have the relationships. That's why they train the volunteer firefighters, because they know that if they don't train them, the volunteer firefighters aren't going to be equipped, be able to handle that. They do that for free on their own. Um, I think that why they're so connected to the communities is because what they offer is so visual, right? And I, what I mean by that is like, you're sending people out, right, into the community. If you were a fly fishing guide, you're just floating down a river, you might be with somebody or if you're doing something else. But this one, it's like, hey, we're loading people up on machines and sending them out on the trails. And everyone knows our business in town. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. what we do and, and, and you know, uh, if, if someone did something they shouldn't do, well, it's, you know, it's going to be known because, you know, there was that outfitter or something like that. And, uh, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying it's like that you just have a very, you, you, you pull up and there's 20 machines parked out front. You know, it's, you're just, you have a vis visible business. And so, um, those people, everyone knows them. They're like, oh, they're the outfitter that runs the, you know, adventures program or whatever. And so I think that comes to back to what you say about being connected in the community. They are stewards of that the land that they're out riding on and yeah. they want to make sure that it's, you know, kept uh, in great shape for the next person and the next generation and things like that. Exactly. Exactly. So the next people can go out and see the abandoned miners town, right? Because without it, like, yeah, it's just not possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that got serious. That, well, did it? I don't okay. know. It feels like I went into Where like this like drinks? gratitude. Where like... are the drinks in this thing? <laughs> 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 We're also grateful and thankful yeah, for the late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it is true. I mean, they, they, they can't just go out ripping things up. You can't. They, they can't. They no. can't. And they're not going to. And they're not going to. Um, now, stateside, but I understand that Players Adventures is sort of expanding outside yes. the states. What's the story? What's the latest yeah. thing? So it's, it's, it's very thoughtful, again, to what we were talking about before with the fact that we have over 220. Like, we're not going to just expand, just to expand. Um, it's all, it, it all is done um, with a lot of planning and forethought. And, and right now it's being done with our, our current outfitter base. Um, so if our outfitters have an, uh, a desire to expand or uh, a location in mind, we'll work with them to develop that. So. We have a location in Mexico, which one of our outfitters, again, from, from the States has uh, got that business up and running. So that is, um, that one is. And then we have in New Zealand, we run motorcycle rentals out of New Zealand as well. So those are our two new ones. Pack your bags, everyone. I can't wait for you guys to do a show on it because I will come. Yes, yes. Pack your bags, everyone. Yeah. We're going to New Zealand. Now, I know the Mexico one is actually, ironically, being run by the Silverton folks. Silverton. Down in Toto Santos area, yeah. is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And, um, it, I mean, it is because he sort of grew up down there and had a lot of experience down there, things like that. So it's pretty cool. I've been waiting for you guys to, like, start either in Mexico or in Canada or, or some sort of neighboring country. Yeah. Because it's like, eventually you run out of places to run outfitters at some point in time. And, and we've been to those places. And, you know, this is a little bit, it's different, yep. you know, and how they run their businesses and operations and things like that. But with Canada, you've got so many snow opportunities up there for sure. Yeah. And then um, obviously tons of off-road. I mean, we, we filmed in Quebec earlier this year, one of my favorite places to go outside the U.S. to go filming. 
And uh, I know it's it, it is a bragging show. It really is. I'm sorry. Ah, your I know. Job's I know. Terrible. I know. You should text my husband and tell him about your job. Yeah, I will send him a photo later today. <laughs> 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 I will definitely send him a photo. <laughs> yes. Well, and and the reason it is, it's twofold. One, uh, Old Town Quebec or the city of Quebec is super rad. It just is uh, like going to Europe without traveling to Europe. And so, if you want to be in immersed in a French culture, if you'd like that sort of thing, then the city of Quebec is awesome. Some people don't like it, so whatever, it's not for them. But it's super duper cool. And then they have 20,000 kilometers of trails in Quebec. And so that's the other reason. So it's... What's that in miles? That's just six. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just it's a quick ride. It doesn't take much time at all. (laughs) Just do 72 loops. It's fine. You don't have to fill up the gas tank or anything. And... uh, but you, you ride from outfitter to outfitter and just get lost town to town, sit, you know, things like that and just fill up the tank and go to the next place and stay and just be gone for the entire summer, really, if you wanted to. And so I just kind of like that idea of having so much options to ride and so many places to ride and things to do that you could just not really have a plan. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. And so that was really cool. I, I And it's just a pretty place to be in the fall, like any place, but yeah. yeah. Canada is really interesting because if you think about Canada, as we're talking about travel and tourism, I mean, really what they're competing with to get people to go to Canada is the U.S. Because like, right, for better or worse, people are like, oh, Canada, Minnesota, Canada, same, same thing. Why, why not? So to get people to go to Canada, it's the, well, why is, why is Canada different, right? Like, why would you, why would you spend this dollar, a dollar here? And so that's where it's a really interesting thing for adventures, because again, if you think about adventures we've been talking about this whole time it's like giving people really unique experiences that they can't get anywhere else that is something that can also help to set Canada apart I mean I feel like I'm speaking for the country of Canada and like I'm not like kind of am but I'm not but that's something you that are we... wearing a Canadian jacket right now <laughs> when, when, when we talk about my, my, my bra later on like to, then you'll you see goose jackets with a little patch on the side <laughs> yeah, I do <laughs> but, but that but that yes. you know again as we think about locations and being really thoughtful and how we do this like how can we help people to explore Canada in a new way uh, that they couldn't get stateside or they couldn't do you know on their own so or just the locals or just the or just <laughs> who live there could just go right too yeah yes. A hundred percent. So yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's lots of opportunities for sure. Um, as we look beyond like the, you know, the 50 states that we have. Um, yeah. So how did, how, I'm curious, I understand completely how the Mexico one came about because there's a decent connection there, but to skip the rest of the world and jump all the way to New Zealand, how did that uh, come about? So all of our, uh, Indian motorcycles and our motorcycle runners are run through Indian dealers. Uh, so we have an Indian dealer who is out in New Zealand. And because of that relationship, that's how the, that's how the rental uh, piece of it came about. That's, gotcha. why, that's why we're there. Gotcha. What's the sort of the, the future next steps for Polaris Adventures? I, Polaris loves to forecast and plan and, <laughs> and spend lots of time talking about the, the one year, three year, five year, whatever goals sort of thing. I'm sure you guys have a cool acronym for it over there. But uh, what is you know, like you said, the adventures program has been around for about five years or, or so, you know, and five more years from now, what's Players Adventures going to look like? Yeah, uh, I mean, we've been on a, a pretty interesting, got a pretty interesting path. Again, we've talked about like, this kind of crazy growth that we have and like, I'm going to, I'm going to go backwards to go forwards. So obviously COVID and COVID hit, we were impacted by that 
uh, like pretty pretty directly, but in a in a positive way because that's one thing people could do. People could still go outside, so people could still ride at our outfitters. So as we go through this massive amount of growth, like a lot of it did come during COVID because again, that's what, that's what people could do. So what we've really done over these past, I say, you know, year or two years or so is we, we had to get to this from this point of helping to keep our outfitters running and helping them to manage like all of that demand and really focusing on just getting through that period to now it's how do we get back to that really metered growth? that we want to. So we are actively looking on expanding, um, again, pulling in the right outfitters for us to grow that network. I mean, if we can get to, you know, three, four, 500 locations, that would be amazing. Um, and then also we had talked about, we've started to dabble in boats. Um, right now that's only for our membership. So if you're a, a select member, it's Players Venture Select is the membership, you get access to boats. Um, so how do we expand that out and potentially bring that to the rest of the network? Um, that's really what we're, we're looking to do. Where's a place that you haven't gone that you really want to go? I want to go, I want to go into the Northeast. I want to go snowmobiling up in, up in that area. Cool. Yeah. I think that would be, that would be pretty spectacular. Cool. cool. Yeah. Well, here's a list of players of interest locations that you can watch on destination Polaris this year. Hey. Uh, Alaska. Uh, this is going to sound terrible. Alaska. Montana, Arizona, and Las Vegas. That's that pretty good. Sound mix. bad. That's a pretty good mix. I well, did we go anywhere East Coast this year? No, but last year we did go to Maine and uh, did Players Adventures location there. And then of course, um, if you go to on to our YouTube page, Destination Players, you can find a lot of past episodes where we've gone. Twenty yeah, locations like, over the years, probably in that general ballpark. I feel like we do three or four a year. Only two hundred more to go. And uh, to like, as you said, COVID was actually a lifesaver for us in terms of having Players Adventures partnership because at the time dealers didn't have machines because nobody could get anything, whether it was a machine or milk at the grocery yeah. store. And uh, so we used Players Adventures a lot during that those times to get out and film and show people where to ride, and it just sort of continued since then but uh uh so you can yeah you can check out alaska montana las vegas which is being filmed as we speak right now and then next week i'll be in arizona doing that so yeah so i mean i'll i'll, I'll watch i'll watch yeah, i'll be there <laughs> i'll watch it's been great uh paula thanks for coming on the show today to talk oh, yeah. about polaris adventures thank uh, you anytime i can just sit and talk about travel i mean it's the best super we're not done talking right like after this we're just gonna sit here and well continue. that's when we're gonna go to the, the bar the bar yes and hang out about that time it, it should be it should be <laughs> <laughs> well today's podcast was brought to you by rockford fosgate if you want to upgrade your audio system and you've been thinking about getting a new audio system rockford has you covered from stage one all the way up to stage six kits which which is what we put in our project x builds quite often uh, rockford takes your audio to the next level well um Thanks again, and I appreciate you coming on the show. And if you're looking to book a Player's Adventures, go to their website and do that. And my only advice in that is do it sooner rather than later, only because some outfitters are busier than others, and they do book weeks in advance. When You mentioned oh. uh, uh, Black Hills. 
And I remember filming out there and they were booked like a month out. Yeah. Especially during the summer June, travel July season. travel yeah. season. It, they were booked. So if you were like, oh, we should do that. That's one of those things you can't wait. Other ones, you might be able to book a, a, a week out or something like that. And still, still be able to get a ride. But some of those places that are maybe more popular for summer vacation, family travel. Yeah, you got to get on that. You got to get on that. You got on that. Oh, cool. Well, Paul, I appreciate you coming in today. Yeah, it gets me excited for to. going places. Awesome. Hey, <laughs> I'll be here. I'll, I'll talk about it anytime. Okay, cool enough. Well, that does it for another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. Be sure to download and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye.